me how do you put up with these two my answer good snacks and video games all right you guys welcome back to episode 293 how about that of the ron and don show or for some of you we're welcoming you for the first time and of course we are live from the les schwab studio what is up ron and don Nation? hey coming up on the uh, ron and don show we're gonna talk about uh people that are asking to get the vaccine shot right before they're about to put a tube down their throat and they're passing away asking to be vaccinated. Also, a lot of younger people now are beginning, beginning to get very, very sick from this new version of this virus that they say is now, is it called the Delta? The Delta variant. The Delta variant, they say, is represent. I, I think it's responsible for 83% of the, of the virus that we see in the United States right now. So we're going to talk about that as we feel like it's important to continue to have that conversation. Uh, also, we want to talk about people that are being outbid for homes. Uh, and you would be really surprised who some of these cash buyers are. We're going to talk about that. Before we get that, though, let's get to this. The Olympics, there was a lot of pressure on Japan from the people of Japan not to have the Olympics. But when you've invested billions of dollars for this infrastructure, you've invited the world to come and the world doesn't come. At the end of the day, you still feel like, well, we have TV contracts, we have sponsors, and we still believe that it's very important to put on these games because there was a lot of pressure from other country and other places. And remember, these Olympics were supposed to happen last summer. Yeah, yeah. They're supposed to happen last summer. So, so now they're happening in this summer. They're happening this summer. A lot of people that are involved with the Olympics, including the gentleman who was in charge of the opening day ceremony, uh, he was fired 24 hours before the opening day ceremony because some of the things that he said about the Holocaust. Uh, other people have been fired. Other people walking away. And Japan was really dependent upon these Olympics, and they spent a lot of money or were willing to go in debt because they really wanted to kind of relaunch themselves onto the world stage. As a result of that, instead of finding out, uh, and I don't know about you, Ron, you know, who won beach volleyball, a lot of times you're looking just to see uh, the American or maybe some other uh, great athlete from another part of the world that's not going to be able to compete because of COVID-19. So what are your thoughts on the Olympics? I'm very sad about seeing these stadiums with nobody in them and, and for Japan to feel like they're in a place where a lot of the Japanese people said we need to do the right thing and 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 call these Olympics off, but there was a lot of pressure, outside pressure from other countries, and maybe some of those advertisers. I feel bad for Japan in, in this regard. They they were um, making a push to become a destination. Yeah. You know, it's an island country, so you have to want to go. You don't you don't go to Japan by happenstance. Like you're not, uh, you know, in. Colorado and you're like, oh, let's, let's hop over to Utah. Like it's not, you have to want to go to Japan. 
And I think there are still a lot of stigmas about Japan uh, world around the world, maybe not necessarily in the Pacific Northwest, but in a lot of places around the world. It's not on the radar. When you go ask the average person, at least in America, hey, where do you want to travel? People say, oh, I want to go to Bermuda or I want to go to uh, Europe. I want to go to Italy, like the, all the main things. Very few people say, oh, I want to go to Japan, which is a shame because it's an amazing country. Uh, it's one of the, uh, Tokyo to me is a place I think I could live in Tokyo. Like I was completely enamored with Tokyo. I want to go back. What'd you like? I've been what'd, you there like what'd, you, what'd you like about Tokyo? I, I liked, there's nothing not to like about Tokyo. It, it's, it's uh, an incredibly progressive city. Uh, architecture is great. The food is phenomenal. Uh, the, they care about things like it, the, what you talked about in, in other episodes where, um, you know, people take pride in their work. They want to work at a high level. It doesn't matter if you go into a 7-Eleven. That 7-Eleven worker wants to be the best 7-Eleven worker that they can be. It's it's shocking in a way. The first time I went to a convenience store, I was like, what is going on with this convenience store? <laughs> like, I'm getting better customer service than Nordstrom wow. at this 7-Eleven. That's cool. And the food here is amazing. Like, I don't understand. Like, it blew my head off uh, with just how great it was. Hmm. So um, they wanted to be seen as a place where it would get on the list where you go, I want to go to Europe and I want to go to Japan. And, um, they need those tourism dollars. They want those tourism dollars. And, um, I feel bad for them that they did invest billions. The Olympics, as we know it right now is a scam. And I'm, I'm maybe there's part of me that is hoping that this pandemic Olympics sort of breaks the model. What's it? What's the scam? Well, you get this, Olympic committee that, you know, has been incredibly corrupt over the years, uh, that gets countries to war against each other to basically see who's going to give the most to the Olympic committee, Mm -hmm. uh, and the bribes, the television rights, as you say, they have to, they're required to do incredibly things that are just dumb. Like, Oh, you got to build these 19, like go, go look at Lake Placid. Does anybody use the ski infrastructure that they were forced to build for the Winter Olympics? Very little. Who, who's using the luge track at Lake Placid or in Utah? Google the nest. If Nobody. You have Google the nest. Right. The nest that was in China, I believe, Beijing. Yeah. It's, all, uh, it's all overgrown. Nobody and, uses it. Yeah. There's a lot of these soccer stadiums that get built and these aquatic centers and everything else just doesn't get used. And so yet you're required to build all this infrastructure. Um, And, you know, even in Vancouver, when they hosted a winter Olympics, they had to build an entire subway system that uh, granted that they are using now, but like they had to mortgage the, the country. Like the, I'm trying to think of it. It's not a County. What are they? The prefecture, the, whatever the, I don't know what they call them in in uh, the province. They Prefectures to, in uh, Japan. Yeah, they had to mortgage the province of Canada to to get this stuff done. So it, it's just a scam. It's a television show. You can do the television show anywhere. Like you don't. All, everybody doesn't all have to be in Japan. In other words, you could do a gymnastics show in a different country, and nobody would know. Like we're going to still watch it. Like, I want to see Simone Biles. I don't care if she's actually in Tokyo or not. They could be in Los Angeles for all I care. You just want to see the competition. So, like, we could spread this out into different countries. 
host Olympics in air quotes without having to be it so country oriented with, you know, spending billions of dollars and placing an incredible burden on, on specific countries. Yeah. And, and what do you think about beach volleyball teams that are being forced to wear bikinis? The bikini thing is, it's not just beach volleyball. There's a field hockey uh, team. There was a Paralympic athlete that performed a woman. They then got chastised for, for wearing uh, the bikini. I think wear whatever uniform you are comfortable in. Yeah. I will tell you this. If you and I wore bikinis, we would be chastised, and rightly so. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, right now, a lot of people are looking for work and good news because Les Schwab is hiring, Ron, right? Yeah, it's new careers at Les Schwab. If you'd like to work in upbeat people, if you'd like to work around upbeat people, make good money and make a difference in the community, Les Schwab wants to meet you. They're looking for people to service tires and wheels and get customers safely back on the road. You don't need experience. They'll train you in the Les Schwab way. Learn more about career opportunities and their generous profit-sharing program at LesSchwab.com. That's Les Schwab doing the right thing since 1952. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. And we sat down with Ron and Don. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. One of our good friends from San Francisco, he stayed in Don's Airbnb. He knew we were looking for a house. We wanted a second unit that we could potentially like renovate and have family come and stay in or Airbnb out. He said, Ollie, you got to meet this guy because he really knows about, he's a real estate agent and he has has an awesome Airbnb and kind of knows all about that. They were super knowledgeable held our hands through what can be a a pretty daunting process. What set Ron and Don apart was the fact that the the knowledge that they had of the ADU, DEJU, Airbnb game, um, putting the numbers together and comparing, um, having that knowledge was definitely uh, set them apart from from the other agent. Yeah, and, and just the knowledge of Seattle. Don and Ron just seem to know all the neighborhoods and be able to talk to every neighborhood and what you might expect. Uh, and so Emmy came across a house uh, and looked promising in Queen Anne and it ticks a lot of boxes. It was probably at the maybe a little higher end of our spend. And Don set up a, a, he was like, this is a promising place. And so he was like, let me speak to the other realtor. Let me like figure some things out. Um, and just kind of get a feel for what this property is doing, and, and I think that's so critical now to kind of closing on a, on closing on mm-hmm. and getting a good deal is being able to kind of feel out the other side and understand where they're at. So we managed to find one where, hey, if we if we put an offer in, actually maybe we go a little under asking and offer for an inspection, uh, sorry, and put a contingency for inspection. Both things that in this market isn't normal. You normally have to waive inspections, go over asking. He's like, let's take a stab at this. Um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 293. I know that that we, we talk a, a lot about COVID, uh, but it's kind of what the world's talking about. I, I think it's interesting 
as the president has said the other day, and we talked about this uh, two episodes ago, that this pandemic has become a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I think what is horribly disturbing, and at the same time, I think that these, I think that these stories are very, very important, is the fact that you have younger people now that are being affected by this variant. You have younger people that are dying as a result of this variant. And somebody came out and said the other day, you know, when you look around the country and around the U.S., there's only 400 kids, only 400 kids, we're talking children, that have died from COVID-19. My son goes to a school of, of about 400 kids. 400 kids is a lot of kids. That is a lot of kids that have died as a result of, of COVID-19. One child dying for COVID-19 is too much. And now we're trying to figure out, is the vaccine going to be safe or a version of the vaccine going to be safe for kids that are 12 years or under? My son's hanging right there at 11 years old. So he's getting ready to go back to school in the fall and then going back to school in the fall. He'll have to take a test before he goes back to school. And then they'll all have to wear face masks when they go back to school. I don't know if they're going to have them in pods like they did last year. The, the learning was atrocious. It was very, very hard for them to learn being in these pods. So if they do the same thing that they did last year, uh, and it becomes very difficult. I haven't, I'm, I'm going to jump. In fact, when you're listening to this, I'm going to be on a plane uh, going to see my mom for the first time. I haven't seen her uh, since the beginning of COVID. So my son and I are going to go, and I am not looking forward to wearing a mask the whole time that I'm on a plane. And and I've been wearing the mask because I know it, it's been healthy and safe for everyone. Now, though, I have to admit that I am getting to a point where I'm feeling like, hey, I'm having to wear this mask because there's people out there that are refusing the vaccine. And we've seen it become a political football, and now uh, I think it will continue is there's going to be this argument now the president has said that the vaccine will be available for kids that are 12 years and uh, uh, younger, so it'll be available for my child. It'll be interesting to see if schools make this mandatory, right? Well, you're right. The heartbreaking stories you hear are the people that want to do it too late, that are yeah. on in a hospital, Ugh. their systems are failing, and yeah. they go to the nurse and say, vaccinate me now. It's like, you, you don't you can't get the vaccination after you've got the disease we're about to stick a tube down your throat right like so that's heartbreaking when you read those stories of 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 people going oh now i get it the one that's even more heartbreaking is when you hear the stories of someone that gets covid or a family member gets covid even dies and they still won't change their belief yeah they still won't go oh well maybe i was wrong Maybe I should get vaccinated. They they have some sort of delusional thing of like, nope, doesn't matter. Like even though I got COVID or a loved one got COVID or a friend of mine died, doesn't matter. Like my belief is still right. Like I can still elect to not get COVID. Yeah, and to your point, not get vaccinated. Are people going to die from taking the vaccine? Yes, they are. The people that die from taking the vaccine and the number is fairly small. Uh, well, let's say that that number is 400 too, and, that, and that's too many people. What they have found out is people typically have an underlying condition that maybe they didn't know about or maybe that they discovered or maybe that they knew about, especially people that had a kidney transplant, a heart transplant, or some type of autoimmune uh, a situation. So that, that, is, that is heartbreaking when you hear health professionals say, 
I'm getting ready to put someone, and we're getting ready to induce coma. We're getting ready to stick a, a tube down their throat. And they end up passing away on a ventilator. And, and right before that, they say, I should have taken the vaccine or could I take the vaccine now? Or do you think that that would help? So I, I'm, I'm very concerned about the politics that's been baked into this. Uh, and I don't know how you unbake it. I, I just don't know. And I think it's going to be, there's going to be It'll the be same way we're in our- like Fox now is having their anchors say, go get vaccinated. Two like, of them. Well, you, you, still, you still have other, I mean, you, you have the governor of Florida that is saying the vaccines are helpful in saving lives. Then you can go out on his website and you can buy anti-vax t-shirts right. and, 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 and all kinds of paraphernalia. So the reason that I'd, I'd be, I'm just curious to see if that has any impact. If even if it's just two, I think it was Sean Hannity and I don't know who the other one was that said to go do it. But even if it's just Sean Hannity watchers, if they go, oh, okay, I have the green light now to go. If there's if there's anybody that uh, does that, it's a it's a net positive. So I know it's easy to vilify everybody monolithically, but if if one Sean Hannity viewer changes his mind and go gets vaccinated, uh, that's a good result for me. Hey, what's going on, Ron and Don Nation? This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook, and for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team, and let's do a sit-down, and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com, and we'll schedule a sit-down today. Now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to the final the final segment of episode 293 of the ron and don show we are live from the show studios and you heard we are licensed brokers at windermere if you need us let's sit down let's go to our website ron and sitdown.com and we can uh, sit down today it's kind of interesting there is kind of a i don't know that there's a pause but there's kind of a recalibration right now in seattle of the real estate market we have this screaming spring right into the summer and everything that we're bringing on, we're still selling in about six days. So, so it is still pretty. It, homes are selling, but this is this is kind of interesting. They just did some research about one of the reasons why a lot of us maybe haven't been able to find a home, and it's because before two thousand eight, before we had this incredible collapse, people that are investors like Ron and I in the housing market. We're mostly mom and pop. So Rom's kind of a mom and pop investor. So am I. Some of the people that I partner with were mom and pop uh, investors. And that just means we're, we're kind of hands-on. We're hands-on with the bookwork. We're hands-on uh, with, you know, today, we call them Sparkies. I had two electricians out to my house. I had uh, four other guys that were working on a crew there out of my house. And I'm out there and I'm working with them and guiding and showing and and we're hands-on. We're mom and pop. We're taking these properties. We're improving them. And then we're not selling and flipping, but we're then we're turning around and saying, okay, we want to buy and hold these properties. What are we going to do with this property in order to pay the mortgage that's against this property? And there's all different types of ways to do that. And we don't have to go into that here. You see, the interesting thing that we are all facing, and one of the reasons why, and one of these things I've mentioned before, it has been so hard around the country, and not just here in the Northwest, to buy a home. It's number one 
because about 10 years ago, when we went through uh, this housing crash, remember all the cranes that just stopped moving in downtown Seattle? They just stopped. They did. I remember trying to get a home loan in that crash. And in fact, the house that I'm sitting in right now, I bought in the crash. And it was a house that had been on the market for six months. I bought it for 485. This house today just sitting on this dirt. My neighbor just sold a similar house for $1.55 million, just sitting on this dirt. This house that I'm in now is different because I dismantled the other house and I built something, uh, something different and new. But you could see over the past 11, 12 years, that's quite an increase in price. That's amazing. So I, I don't know that I could buy a house in the neighborhood that I'm in right now or some of the neighborhoods that I own other homes and, and other rental properties. During that time, builders stopped building. They just stopped. They did. And the market just completely crashed and the economy crashed. And nothing was being built and housing wasn't being built. And in fact, we went through kind of a 10-year period where housing wasn't being built. And now, and now builders are trying to catch up but we're too far behind. We're 10 years behind. The other thing is this hedge funds has figured out that, you know what? Sometimes owning homes, especially with VRBO, especially with being able to hire management companies that you can pay eight or 9% to come in and manage these homes. And then somebody steps in and they put it on a 30, 60, 90 day rental, or maybe on a six month or a year rental, executive rental, whatever that's going to be a vacation home and all that. You, you have a lot of hedge funds that have looked at this and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go out. We're going to put a lot of cash together, and we're going to start going door to door and buying homes for cash. I have a, a friend of mine named Sandy who lives up the street from me, and that's exactly what happened. A hedge fund sent her a letter in the mail, and they're like, I don't have to pay. She's, she's older, and she's like, I don't have to pay any real estate fees. They offered me $900,000. I bought this house uh, 30 years ago, and I think she bought it for like $23,000. And she's like, you know what? $905,000, that's a lot of money. I'll take it. So the hedge fund ends up buying that house. They've bought homes all over this hill. And then what they do is they go in, and sometimes they flip these homes, but more often than not, they buy and hold these homes, and then they rent these homes out for a premium price. That's happening here in Seattle, Tacoma, Fife, and Fremont, but it's also happening all over the country now. You are competing with hedge funds. And what can hedge funds do? They can step in and be a cash buyer. And for a lot of people, Ron, they they, they can't step in and be a cash buyer. That's hard to compete against, isn't it? It is hard to compete against. And I mean, that's an asset class that would be, uh, you know, if you're a smart investor, it's an asset class that has a lot of appeal. You know, when you look at the Pacific Northwest and go, oh, this neighborhood went up 12% per year for the past X number of years or 18%. There's some that went up 40%. Um, the stock market, you're happy if you're getting 6 to 7%. You're ecstatic if you get 10%. Getting 20 or 30% on, on a portion of that portfolio makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, that is happening. Um, it's not happening everywhere. It's not happening on every type of house. But uh, yes, it does happen. And so I think if you are wanting to buy in specific neighborhoods, this is where I believe your neighbor would have got more if she would have brought that house to market. Uh, she I would have. She would have got, she would have, that that house corner lot, she would have, it would have been one three one four. Yeah. Right. So like, I, I think there, 
you know, you and I, and I can't speak for everybody, but you and I in our real estate business, we, we bring value to the table in terms of strategy, know-how, understanding these trends, understanding how the, the markets work. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, it is worth it to, you know, partner with us to, to do a real estate transaction because you're going to get value out of that in real dollars and cents. Um, but yeah, I think it makes, I, I'm a member of a couple of REITs, real estate investment trusts, where you, know, you can just put money in there and you get a decent percentage back. And uh, I believe in real estate. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to park some money over here. This is a good place to, to park some money while I'm figuring out my next move. Um, so yeah, I mean, that is a thing, a, a trend that's had, I don't see that going away anytime soon until the asset class is not performing. Yeah. And then the, the hedge fund will take it out and put it into a better performing asset class. Yeah. And the, and the, and the way that you can beat that, and we, we share this all the time is if you go out and you buy something that you can add some value to, and even if it's something where you're like, man, I cannot swing a hammer, but you know what? You you can plant some plants. You can put a new yard in, right? You can hire somebody that that can swing a hammer. Anyone can demo you guys. Watch HDTV. Anyone can demo. Just be careful that you call the electrician and the plumber to come and cap the pipes and uh, make sure you turn the power off before you start swinging the hammer. And then also, if you put a hole in your roof, you got to have a plan for when it starts raining. Because I've done that before. Didn't have a plan. <laughs> Should have had a plan. Anyway, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by episode 293. If you need us, we would love to add value to your life. We do something called a Ron and Don sit down. We also have Ron and Don playbooks for buyers and for sellers and investors. And if you're new to the real estate game or you're just interested, in fact, we sat down with a really incredible couple the other day that are part of the Ron and Don nation. And they're just saying, hey, we're about a year out. And we've gotten rid of all our debt and we're saving up for a down payment. And we feel like we have some skills. We have some DIY skills. These are our skills. We want to add value. So we want to talk to you guys about what should we buy and what neighborhood and uh, what are some of the leverage points uh, that we can build and work on over the next year as they prepare to buy something in 2022. So we're down with that too. Okay. Always love talking to you. And a lot of times some of our favorite deals are not the biggest deals. They're really not. Uh, so anyway, thanks for uh, being part of our real estate journey. Thanks for listening to us, being our friends, uh, listening to this broadcast, supporting our advertisers like Les Schwab and us at Windermere. And also, we really appreciate you guys um, allowing us to talk real estate with you and the other things that we love and care about here in the specific Northwest. All right. Until next time, if you need us, ronandonsitdown.com. If you want those books, write Ron, ron at windermere.com. And uh, Ron, Charlie, and I, and I think my son will be back from camp by then. Uh, we'll see you next week. Oh, my! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>